Welcome to what is probably the last Cowbell Fever podcast before the Berkey. We're doing a quick look at the weather with Quetzal Evans. We're going to jump right into this so that I can get it out, get it on the web, go to sleep, and uh, see you all in Hayward in a few days. We do have a special guest host for part of this podcast, and uh, if you want to see a picture of him, you can go to the website, berkeyguide.com. All right, so it's Monday evening. This is going to be one of those podcasts where I record it and produce it and put it up the same day because it is very timely. But we have Ketzel Evans on to talk weather. When I write Ketzel Evans, my computer autocorrects it to Kettle kettle lever or something that sounds so, yeah that sounds right <laughs> yeah i was up skiing a race but basically the whole weekend i was just getting texts from friends who were at the minneapolis world cup race and you were as well so what's your uh, quick rundown of the awesomeness that happened in minneapolis yeah my quick rundown is that it was just like absolutely unreal um and out of this world and there's a part of me that kind of wonders if the whole thing was just a fever dream that i had collectively with thirty thousand other people but um it was it was really wild to see these skiers that have just been you know little people on my computer screen the entire season to actually be real people that were you know like five to ten feet away from me at any given point um the crowd was electric the skiers seemed to absolutely love it um you know we were cheering for them on their warm-ups which I don't think they knew what to do with um and then we were absolutely (laughs) screaming at them when they were racing so it was it was absolutely amazing the sprint races were super super cool we ended up on the bottom of kind of the one of the critical uphills and then um the 10k too was was really great and the interval start format is actually wonderful as a spectator so that was that was pretty cool pretty cool to see and yeah because otherwise it's just a mass of people come yeah. by and then you sit for a few minutes <laughs> yeah you scream for like 30 seconds and then you wait for them to come by again but with the interval format you get to you know just have constant action and we um, the people I was spectating with actually ended up um, across from one of the uphills where the like a coaches section was on the 10K day. So we got to see the coaches interacting with the athletes and the U.S. coaches were really, really smart. And knowing how loud the crowds were, they actually brought whiteboards to write like timing splits on for the athletes oh, wow. on the 10K day. And all of the other coaches were still screaming at their athletes. So that was really cool. And we were right across from Kristen Bourne, who's one of the coaches for Gus Schumacher. And so, of course, when he won, that was a very, very special moment to experience with her. Yeah, it sounds like people were kind of out of their mind when that happened. I Yeah, I, I lost it. We all lost it. So... <laughs> The other thing I think that was kind of cool is that they actually got snow, so it kind of looked like winter. Yeah, yeah. What happened there? It was really great. Last last week, Tuesday or Wednesday, I don't even know what day is today, but we had this quick little system that came across, and it had just a really potent little frontal band in it that made it for the Twin Cities Metro was right in the heart of it. They were forecasted for, I think, like three to six inches. And they ended up getting um, four to seven. So it was this little overachieving frontal band that gave them just enough to actually make it look like winter. Because before it was a very, it was kind of like some of the races we viewed in, I think it was maybe Germany last year or this year, where it's just like, you know, the ribbon of snow before that. And now it was actually white and very beautiful. The sun definitely took a toll through the weekend, though, and some of those hillsides between the traffic and the sunshine were already becoming mud again. It sort of looked like Holman Colon in Minneapolis. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I think it looked like Holman Colon times three in Minneapolis. It was every single part of the course that could have someone on it did have someone on it, and in most places it was at least like three or four rows of people deep, and then there were these kind of major hillsides where it was just like, 100 feet of people. It was absolutely insane. 
not only did I have tickets out, but I actually had a press pass for the 2020 version. Of course, we came within six days of having that. Yep. This year was a, a bit much to get out, but um, with the Berkey coming up, I couldn't really justify the whole week out there for because you know I'm at this. Believe it or not, the podcast doesn't pay all the bills. What? But I know. If you want to sponsor the Cowbell Fever podcast, let me know. Happy to take sponsorships, but uh, for right now, it's it's a labor of love, or it's kind of fun. We get to hang out with cool people and talk about the weather. So we have the Berkey coming up in five days now, but really three days, two days, because it's now this Wednesday. I guess the open track's always on Wednesday, but it's back to the 2021 Wednesday to Sunday event. There's going to be racing all those days, uh, or open track or racing all those days. Uh, hi, Kat. I'm not going to hash through all the details here because I think the Berkey website has that covered. We'll probably put something on the Berkey Guide website as well, um, but they're, they're doing a good job of it. But we want to talk weather. Um, you know, we have five days of weather to talk about. I think we did this in 2021. Uh, I don't know if you predicted the massive snowstorm on uh, the Sunday. I think it was something along the lines of, and there might be some weather because we were talking about it a week out. And that was a, we had to do a fun podcast with that. Yes, Kat, uh, I'm, I'm back. It's okay. Um, <laughs> The, he might join us on the video screen at some point, which the That's people okay. at home will not get to see. Um, <laughs> but anyway, why don't we just talk about, talk through the weather, what's happening in the next few days. I know it doesn't look super optimal, but uh, it looks like Saturday for the uh, the big race that the World Cup skiers are going to be doing. That looks pretty good. So let's just talk through the next few days. Yeah, absolutely. So we had our like brief bout of, oh, it feels like winter again, basically last Friday. And now we're going back into a warmer than normal kind of temperature scheme and really through a lot of this forecast the big story are the temperatures so unlike in 2021 there really isn't a oh and there might be some weather on this day story right now for the whole Berkey week the maximum chance of precipitation is about five percent all the way through Sunday so not much active precipitation nothing's going to fall out of the sky um, which is pretty good for the most part with the temperatures that we're looking at because yeah. it could be rain if something was falling out of the sky. So thankfully we don't have to worry too much about that. Um, so going into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, we're looking at temperatures rising well above freezing during the afternoons on all of those days. So Tuesday's not going to impact any events, but it will impact the existing snowpack. Um, so probably seeing temperatures around or near 40 for high temperatures those days. Wednesday is looking like the day that has the potential to be the hottest out of all of the Berkey days. So for those open track folks on Wednesday, there is about a, um, there's a really, really good chance you're going to see highs over 40 degrees. And there is about a 30 to 50% chance you'll even see those highs reach or exceed 45 degrees mm -hmm. in the afternoon. So, and that's really going to be, you know, you're not going to experience that temperature all day, but you will see that temperature at least for an hour or two in the afternoon. And that's coming from, there's a low pressure system to our south that's allowing some warmer temperatures to move up. It'll be interesting to see with some moisture in the area how much cloud cover we end up getting. Um, it does look like there'll be bouts where we will have some more overcast skies with those warmer temperatures, but we could also as equally see some sunny spots too. So still warmer Thursday. Um, the kind of bright spot in all of this is yes, we are looking at some pretty warm temperatures for those afternoon highs, but 
we are expecting the lows to go back below freezing at night. So solidly getting back down into the 20s at least overnight. So things should refreeze and be frozen in the mornings. Yeah. One of the nice things about man-made snow is that it retains, it's, it's very solid. It's not like sort of powder that'll immediately compact. So even a few hours above freezing is not as bad as if it was natural snow. Exactly. And is that just radiational cooling overnight, sort of calm and clear that it's just going to cool down pretty pretty quickly on in relatively dry weather? Yeah, for the most part, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, but then as we look into Friday, we do actually see kind of more widespread colder air that is dropping in. There'll be a, a little clipper system to the north that's not really expected to impact Berkey area at all bring some snow to far northern Minnesota um, and probably some lake effect snow to the south shore. But I'd be pretty surprised if it made it as far south as Cable, uh, just because it isn't that great of a lake effect snow setup to begin with. But you could see some clouds kind of reach Cable here and there. So we'll see a pretty decent cool down Friday. Um, anybody, so our Cordy and our Prince Hogan racers on Friday, probably going to have the best chance out of anybody for a whole day below freezing <laughs> temperatures. <laughs> Uh, what a winter we're having this year. <laughs> really crazy. Uh, so mostly just kind of hanging out in the 20s on Friday is what it looks like right now. If, you know, we get some really, really good sun, maybe you see some temperatures just kind of eek right to that freezing line. But for the most part right now, it looks like we should stay below 30 um, and then have a nice clear night going into Saturday. So as can be kind of typical in that kind of cable river valley fashion. We could see if those conditions come out just right with a really clear, calm night. Those temperatures in the morning on Saturday could be pretty chilly, especially for anybody in wave one or two of the skate race that's going off at 7 a.m. in the morning. Could be a little bit chilly there for that kind of 7 a.m. to 9.30 cutoff time. Um, right now, current forecast and temperatures for Saturday morning are only in the low teens, but we are, you know, five days out from that event at this point. So those exact temperature differences aren't quite forecasted just yet, but it is something to look at that that could be a, a classic chilly Berkey morning yeah. down in the teens or even single digits if we really, you know, clear out. When I'm, I'm just looking at this morning at the Hayward Airport, which it was down to six degrees at six or seven a.m., but it was up in the upper 30s by the by the middle of the afternoon. So probably one of those kind of days on Saturday. Yeah, very classic kind of breaking conditions. And the Hayward Airport is further down in a valley. Um, it's kind of near a river valley, closer to Fish Hatchery. So it does experience some of those lower mm -hmm. temperatures. Um, so very, very kind of classic conditions. Probably will expect to warm up to near or to slightly above freezing on Saturday. So you're going to have that classic like huge temperature range for the skaters. Those in the afternoon are obviously going to be mostly on the warm side of that if you're the waves three through 10 starting at one. It will be a really nice day and sort of mid-morning with the sun out, sun up high for watching the uh, the event. I think that's sort of a silver lining this year is that we get a really exciting event to watch or, or for some of us to, to ski in and, and, and get really schooled by those skiers we saw uh, <laughs> last week. But for those who want to come and watch a lap race and watch Jesse Dickens go by five times and and whoever else, they, they haven't really said everyone who's coming, but I think there's going to be a lot of names out there, sort of given what some of the bib numbers we've seen coming out are, that yes. there's going to be a lot of folks in that, that race. Sort of the kind of day where you would really like to sit on Lake Hayward and sort of cheer in waves three, four, five. You're going to get to do that for the Elite Wave, which will be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's going to be great. And you know, your Elite start times, 10.30, 10.45 in the morning. You're not going to have to deal with those super, super chilly temperatures. It'll be 
kind of starting to inc- do the warm ramp up there at that point in the mid to late morning. So it should be a really pleasant spectating experience. Yeah, might be interesting for waxing for going from that cold snow that might start slushing up by the end of the elite wave. And then for the folks in the later afternoon, when uh, some of that snow that's been probably chopped up gets a little uh, icy if the sun goes down might be tricky too my best guess is that snow is going to be pretty darn transformed by the time we get around to the saturday and sunday best races guess is that already is <laughs> so um i skied it on friday actually and it was still very much a new snow quality mm. but i think um it got some traffic over the weekend and the video they released of the course preview today looked like it was maybe starting to get to that point but yeah. the the snow quality on friday was really impressive Um, you could definitely tell that that kind of crystalline snow structure like they said in that big pile it stayed like that so it's not starting from a super transformed place at least and then if you're like me and you're one of the people that's holding out all the way until sunday for the classic race um it will probably be a pretty interesting day to try and find kick (laughs) it'll cool down below freezing overnight but not nearly as much as it will for those skaters on saturday so probably at least right now we're only looking at it's dropping back down into the 20s and then we'll rise back again above freezing probably pretty quickly through the day on sunday so probably maybe a clister day Maybe, you know, something something warm and sticky just to kind of try and get grip on that that warm, transformed snow that's going back above freezing. But nothing too exciting. Um, it will be interesting to see um, as far as winds go. Your Thursday, Friday events could have a slightly stronger northerly wind, which can cut across that golf course portion mm-hmm. that they'll now have as part of the course. And then Saturday, Sunday, those winds switch around and become a little bit more southerly to westerly. Um, and anything that's stronger, I think, is going to be felt Um, pretty easily when you're in that kind of open golf course area near where the old Telemark Lodge used to be. So that'll definitely be felt when you're in the woods a little bit more, not quite as much, but especially if you have like a westerly wind, you're going to be fighting against that every single time you're coming back off the golf course. Yeah. And are we still looking at the El Nino and the MJO being the main drivers of the weather or are we looking at more of a different sort of springtime pattern. I know it gets a good deal warmer right after the Berkey. Yeah, um, definitely. If you're still hanging around the upper Midwest uh, after the Berkey, it looks like we're going to just get very toasty um, as we go through the end of February. El Nino is definitely still a big player. Our El Nino is definitely still really active right now. It has our pattern kind of slightly switched up a little bit with a little burst of some polar air that just barely made it down. And then, uh, as I'm sure everyone is aware, the West Coast has been absolutely hammered lately. So there's been disturbances coming into the Western United States. And then some of those have managed to kind of trickle into the stream of things um, and bring us, you know, the disturbance that brought last week's snow to the metro um, and about an inch to Hayward. So it Mm -hmm. it kind of looked like winter for a little while there um, with that dusting. But um, it's still going to be the main player, El Nino. It's starting to weaken and it's expected to continue to weaken through the spring. But we've got a ways to go before the the influence of that is completely gone. Um, Our MJO, which we talked about on the last, last podcast, is kind of in a phase where it is thinking about destructively interfering uh, with the El Nino, but it's really weak right now. Mm -hmm. And so it's not 
having as much of a destructive effect as it did earlier in the year when we had that cold snap in January, which um, sounds like that was one of the reasons that the World Cup in Minneapolis was really able to take place. They and, really, and the Berkey, too. And the Berkey, and the Berkey they yeah. really took advantage of that cold snap mm-hmm. that happened. So not nearly looking at anything as destructively interference um, as, as we had earlier in the winter right now. Maybe we see another little bout of polar air here and there, but as we get into March and our climatological temperatures start to warm as well, those above normal temperatures are going to become even more drastic. I was looking that the Twin Cities and Duluth are both running 14, 15 degrees above normal this month. With more warm weather, are we looking at the warmest February on record after the warmest December on record? We are definitely looking into the potential for it. Um, It's something we're keeping our eyes on as far as just where that average temperature is sitting. And based on, you know, how things are going to shake out, we've got a cooler-ish day on Friday. But otherwise, we just keep getting day after day after day where we are well above normal to slightly, you know, getting close to record highs and definitely breaking record warm lows consistently as well. So our whole temperature regime super above normal, could see a record warm February. And then the other thing that we're keeping our eye on is season snowfall, which of course last year we broke our all-time seasonal snowfall high record. Mm -hmm. And this year we're sitting at, um, I think we're still just slightly under 18 inches of total snowfall at Duluth. Um, And our all-time record um, is I think 26 or 27 inches. And so we're also keeping our eye on if we don't get, you know, a snowy March or a snowy April, we're also keeping our eye on could we see the least snowy winter on record after wow. the snowiest. So and Minneapolis could, just, was yeah. on pace for that, and then they get sort of surprised seven inches of snow, so I think they're just above, but you guys are, didn't didn't get cash yeah. in on that. It was pretty crazy for, for Minneapolis because they were sitting um, – at just 7.3 inches of accumulated snowfall for the whole season, and then they got 6.9 inches of snowfall, so almost as much as they'd gotten for the whole season together. I think they are still below, though, Mm. their all-time record low because they're, you know, only at 14 or 15 inches total for the season yet, which is just unbelievable. Yeah, since last year, everyone was getting that one storm after another. Yeah, last year it was just... It was cold enough to snow. It was still a pretty mild winter temperature-wise, and we did have that weird warm-up in the beginning of February where we were worried about, you know, the Berkey potentially being super icy, and then this week came around and we had just an insane amount of snow. But we just kept getting snowfall after snowfall. We had a crazy snowy December. Duluth broke its all-time December monthly snowfall record last year. March was the third snowiest on record, and it just kept going. We got a little bit more at the end of April, and we knocked off our all-time season snowiest um, value, which was 140.1 inches. Wow. And yeah, yeah. this year we're not even at 20. So quite quite a difference. So in a sense, you know, the fact that the Berkey is happening at all is, is you know, even with the snow they had, I know we talked to Ben last week about this, but it's almost a miracle that the Berkey's happening at all this year. It's absolutely unbelievable. And when you look at, you know, it, 2017 was the last year they had to cancel. Um, this year's nowhere near what the conditions of 2017 were. It's much, you know, quote unquote, worse to someone who wants snow and cold. So the fact that they have built the infrastructure to make it happen is really, really impressive. Yeah. And I'm looking at Duluth. Duluth, since what, January, you had a little bit of snow in January. And since January 11th, you've had less than an inch of snow uh, over the course of, you know, five or six weeks. Wow. Yeah. I mean, our, our winter started with 
you know, just rain in December for the most part. There were a couple little things of snow here and there, but the big story in December was over two inches of rain on Christmas and through that kind of Christmas week. So we came into January with basically no snow on the ground, got some of it, which added on to the few little inches we'd seen here and there since October. Some of the snow that we saw in January was the most snow that we'd seen since Halloween. Wow. In, in Duluth. So it's been a really strange winter, to say the least. It's not the Berkey that a lot of people were expecting. It is the Berkey that we're going to be able to ski. Um, it's pretty amazing what they're putting together. And it sounds like despite the uh, sort of adverse conditions this week, um, that snow probably will, will stick together, uh, probably might get a little dirty. It's definitely going to get transformed and well used. But it sounds like the really nice thing is that with that cold weather overnight, it looks like every night's going to get down well below freezing. They should have a chance to go and groom it and let it set up. So I think it's going to be, I think the Berkey's going to be fast, uh, no matter when you're skiing it, unless you get into some of those late afternoons. But even then, it might just be corn snow. That'll be really nice. So probably some pretty good skiing. Obviously, we'd love to be skiing down Main Street, but that's not the cars this year. We kind of touched on this already, but the fact that we're skiing a version of the Berkey at all this year is is pretty impressive in such a historically bad skier's winter. Um, so I'm I'm pretty excited to go out there. I think it's going to be really fun because there are going to be so many spectators. You know, my mom's coming down. She's excited to see me three times while she stands in the same spot. So... I think it'll still be pretty fun and it'll really be, you know, what people make of it for themselves this year, I think. Yeah, I think that's the case. So um, I'm excited to see you there. And uh, hopefully when we're talking about this next year, we'll just be talking about, you know, how great the snow is going to be on Main Street when they when they put it down in a couple of days. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) As always, thanks for chatting. You know, I know we're not delivering the best news this year, but really looking forward to this Berkey and then to uh, moving forward. And hopefully by uh, by next year, we're talking about something even better. Yeah, exactly. You know, looking at the potential for a La Nina next year. So maybe next winter will be another skier's paradise. And hey, at least it's not looking like it's going to rain this week. So it could always be worse. I think those are sage words from our chief meteorologist. Thank you again, Quetzal Evans. You can always go check out the National Weather Service Duluth office for local weather forecasts. I did add another MJO resource to the weather guide that we posted a couple of weeks ago over on berkeyguide.com. And um, yes, that was Thumper the Cat, who was very excited that I came home from uh, a trip up to the Gatineau Loppet and would not leave me alone. So he came in and and decided to meow during the podcast. And then there's a picture of him helping to edit the podcast uh, up on the website as well. So you can go check that out. I I know that there are some people in the world who are mostly interested in cat pictures. And um, why, why should we not help out with that? Looks like we are going to be out on Saturday, not doing a Main Street podcast, but doing a Celebration Zone cable, whatever the heck's going on this year podcast. Come find people in a media bib with a couple of cell phones recording people. You can be in the podcast. Hopefully we're going to have someone in the mix zone too, so we get some famous people on. And let's make the best of it. Hopefully it's a great Berkey.